Let's get into our series that we've been doing for the last four weeks. And this is the fifth Sunday, if I'm right. It's the fifth Sunday. And we're talking on holy habits. And holy habits. And uh, we talked about seeking God first two Sundays. And then we talked about devotion, getting into the Word of God. And then last week we talked about part of the holy habits is, is church necessary today? Is church necessary to go to, to be part of a church? And I hope you were encouraged. If you missed it, it's on YouTube. It's on Spotify. If you put on Spotify, Expression Church NZ, all in one word, you will find us there. It's on podcast. It's on uh, YouTube, Facebook, wherever. Re listen to it. Re-listen to it. Re-listen to it. Sometimes I re-listen re to my own messages I preach because God's ministering to me. You know, so it's getting to the Word of God. Today I want to talk about holy habits, and I title it, Ask. It's very simple. Ask, 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 ask. In other words, what I'm talking about is holy habits is prayer. Prayer. Now, praying doesn't make us holy, but the desire to communicate with God makes us holy. So saying your prayers don't make you holy. When I grew up, there are some certain prayers that we just said it, and I said it as a repetition. I did it because if I didn't say it, I wouldn't get an ice block after the service. So I did my prayer, and I got my ice block. But there was no holiness in me. Um, if I didn't say my prayers, I would get time out. Who wants that? So I did my prayer. But when I connected with God, I realized prayer is not just saying prayers, but prayer is intimacy with God. Amen? It's communion with God. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I do, let's pray. Father, I pray that you open our ears, you open our heart, you open our spirit. Lord, that you, it's your word that transforms. It's your word that ministers. I pray that we are not just going to be challenged today, but I pray, Lord, that we will be changed, that we will apply your word, not just hear the word, but be the doer of that word. So I pray, God, that we receive this morning the truth of Jesus, hallelujah, amen. So praying, and I want to say, you know, this attack that's taking, you know, uh, the, the devil is attacking us. The devil does not like us praying because one thing he really, really gets threatened is prayer. One thing that really, really scares him is prayer. And um, uh, 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 the other thing is when you start talking about uh, sharing the gospel, salvations, and uh, Pastor Don's going to talk on that, on evangelism and why we need to preach and why we need to share the gospel. But I'm saying there's two things. One is prayer. Number two is salvations. If you start preaching the word or sharing the word, bringing people from darkness into light, the devil does not like that. The devil doesn't mind a Christian that is comfortable. You can be a good Christian, be comfortable, go to church, do your bells and uh, do your kisses, go home and watch TV, back, back to your work, working 80 hours in 40 hour week. The devil's happy as long as you're an ineffective Christian. He's okay with that. But the minute you start firing up, the minute you start pressing into God, the minute you start standing in the gap, praying for nations, praying for salvations, praying for revival... The devil is disturbed. So do you think the devil just sits there happy? No. One thing the devil knows and he does do well is attack. 
He attacks us. He doesn't attack with a sword and a knife. He attacks in his weapons are unseen. And the attack, he will attack you, is with insecurity, with fear, with anxiety, with depression, with whatnot. And he'll, he'll make you feel worthless and, uh, and uh, not valued. And that's how the devil attacks. And all of a sudden, uh, we lose our footing in God. So that's what this morning I want to talk about prayer. Because we can do a lot of activities in church. Everything may look good, but can I say, good can never replace God. We can do a lot of good activities, but good can never replace God. Good is not God. God is good. I need an amen, please. That means you're saying, yes, Lord, we agree in that. Right? Our activities are not good enough. Our activities mean nothing to God unless we come together and pray. And when we prayed for 48 days of fasting and praying, and I'm telling you, this is a great opportunity for you and I as a church to be alive. Can you see the need outside? This need that is arising outside is not, will not suffice by financial pouring. Money won't answer the problems. Money cannot answer the problems that we are facing. No. Rarotonga for 10 days ain't going to answer your problem. Because when you come back a bit more browner, not as brown as me, you still have the same problem. Are you with me? Avoiding problems will not solve problems. But when we stand and pray, and when we start praying, do you think that the devil's going to sit quiet for you and I to be happy, chappy Christians, expression church? When you're bombarding hell and you're lifting heaven, do you think the devil's going to be happy? No, he's going to come after you. If not you, your children, if not your children, your finances, if it's not your finances, it's health, something. But why? Because one thing that the devil is really, really good at is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So there is a spiritual war right now we're entering into. And so we need to be aware of it. And when we enter into a spiritual war, you don't have time to clean your sleep in your eyes. We can't afford to be lazy, comfortable Christians. Come on. So that's what we're praying. Ask. And then one of the greatest things is, look, we, one of the problems we have is we hate to ask. We are embarrassed to ask because our society teaches us, whatever you do, don't ask. Ask. Don't ask. Don't ask for help. Don't look needy. You'd rather die in your own misery than lift your hand up and ask. But you see, that's our culture, but our culture is contrary to God's word. Amen. The Bible teaches is ask, ask, ask. And, and the, the more we don't ask, we're relying in our own strength. And in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, it says, Cursed are those, cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from God. Cursed is a man who trusts in the arm of his flesh. 
What Jeremiah is saying, don't trust in your own knowledge, don't trust in your money, don't trust in, in the government, don't trust in the medical department. They're all a good thing. God has organized those things, but our trust should be in Jesus. Let me tell you, if your trust is in them, they will disappoint you and then you'll be angry at them. But when your trust is in the Lord, He will not disappoint you. And He will, even though you may feel disappointed, God works for good for those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. Amen. So, we are called to ask. Asking creates trust. Asking creates faith. Asking creates hope in God. Asking develops our character. It teaches us to wait, to be patient, to persevere in Christ. God desires us to ask Him. Like a child asks the parents, and I love the persistence of little children. They have no shame in asking. And if you come to my house, you will see that I'm telling them off for asking. But this morning, I'm asking you to ask. But kids, there's something God has put them to learn because they are just ongoing. Can I have this? 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 It gets exhausting. But here Jesus is saying, I want you to ask. Because asking comes from a place of intimacy. Asking comes from a place of that relationship with God. The way my children ask me, they won't ask you in that manner. True? They won't come to you and say, hey, would you buy me an ice block? They won't come to you and say, I want five bucks. Even today, I had a text while I'm coming here. Dad, can I have some money for breakfast? I ignored it. So stop. You should have thought about breakfast before. So I didn't answer that. And then I get a reply. Never mind. It's okay. I can prove it. I'm not lying. And I'm a good father, by the way. But they need to learn sometimes. Anyway, that, it's not a parenting issue. Okay. All right. So ask. And like little children, ask God. But we were embarrassed. All. But you see, when you ask, it's that intimacy. I would not ask you the way I ask my wife. Why? Because there's a relationship. I'm not asking because I have to. I'm asking because you are my wife. You are my family. I'm asking you because you're my dad. That's what I'm asking you. My daughter did not text Dan Ogle today and say, can I have five bucks for breakfast? No. She texts me. Because who is a father? I am a father. Well, he, he's grandfather. It would be a worry if he's a 14-year-old daughter. We're going off the track here. That's not good. But you see, she's asking. See, asking, you have to understand. How does God see you? Children. You know, in God, there are no grandchildren. In God, we are all children. When you, when you ask, he's like, you greedy woman. Just the other day I gave you a miracle. You want another one? No. He's saying, ask. Why? Because when you ask, it delights him. He's teaching us, ask. 
Amen. So saying our prayers, as I said, saying our prayers won't make us holy, but actually praying and asking and trusting God. And that holy habit is trusting in the Lord. Amen. Asking helps us to trust God. Hallelujah. And in James chapter 4, verse 2, it says, You do not have because you do not ask. You do not have. Today, we don't have peace because we don't ask for peace. What we have is a pill we take to sleep. I'm not condemning anybody. Please hear my heart. The Bible says that when we trust Him for who He is and what He says, He is not a liar to change His mind. He's God. He loves you. He died for you. Man, when you ask in the name of the Heavenly Father, when you say, Our Father, He's got your attention. Hallowed be thy name. God, you're amazing. God, who is God? There's only one God. There are a lot of fake gods, but there's only one God. He conquered sin and death. You better get to know that God. Not knowledge, but in the revelation that when you call upon that God, He is listening to your prayers. He doesn't care whether you pray loudly, you pray quietly, you pray how you pray. You could pray, God, in the name. You know, it is a, that's not a great prayer. It's, the prayer is when you pray, God is listening to your prayer. And when you call upon that name, trust me, He's listening to you. Amen. Next verse here, it says, Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. God is commanding. He's not requesting. He's not saying, hey, look, by the way, if you try in your own strength and after a little while, you know, and then you fail completely, then you come to me. I'm your backup plan. God's not backup plan. God is the plan. Amen. Church, I'm telling you, coming and warming those seeds that are pretty grubby right now is not going to make us holy, but praying, seeking, interceding, standing, and asking, asking for nations. He says, Isaiah 2, he said, ask of me, and I will give you what? The nations as your inheritance. Ask. Beautiful colors, beautiful flags, but each flag represents a nation. A people's group. When you come lay hands, when you ask for nations, when you ask, God will, amen, answer. There are some big, we've got we to pray big prayers but because we serve a big God. Amen. And the other day when I was at the uh, young adults camp a month ago, I started off saying, there's a couple of things I said to them. Christianity is not a sin management program. Christianity is not a sin management program. Sin, God obliterates it, it destroys it. Sin is gone and then we are set free. It's not a sin management. Number two I said to them is that when you come to God, you better raise your expectation to God's word. When you come to God, you raise your expectation to God's word. You raise your faith to God's word, not pull his word down to your faith and your experience. I better raise my experience. Let me tell you, there are stuff going on in my life that are not right. But when I come into the presence of God, I'm aligning myself and I'm raising my expectation, my faith. Because the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please. So raise your faith. How do you raise your faith? Not like, oh. 
You're not going, okay, God is good, God is good, God is good, God is good, God is good. It's not like a parrot sitting and repeating. No, God is saying, God, I trust your word. Right now, my circumstances ain't looking good. But last time I checked, you're still God. Now, when I pray, I'm not praying because today I have faith and yesterday I didn't have faith. No, 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 no. I am praying because your word says you are a God who heals. I want to say, God, that I may feel weak. I feel worried for my grandson, Ledger. But God, your word says you are my healer. So I'm raising my voice, not because I'm angry. I'm raising my voice because you are still alive. And I'm raising my voice not at you. I'm raising my voice so that my voice can hear your word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I'm raising my voice, so I'm reminding my mind, I'm reminding my heart that you are God. And I'm going to cry out to you. I'm going to ask. And the more I ask, I know that you give me, Lord. And I'm also raising my voice because I know the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have the power in Jesus. So I'm going to tell the devil to shut up. I'm going to tell the devil to stay where he belongs. I'm going to cross the line and I dare not, the devil dare not come into my family and mess my family. Why? Because I stand in the authority of Christ. Amen. It's like in my house, I put my feet on my coffee table. But I would not do that in your house. Why? It's my house. It's in my place. I know my house. I know my God. In my God, I can stand and declare his word and tell the devil, you have no right to come and touch my family. You have no right to come and touch my marriage. And while I'm praying this, maybe my marriage is not, by the way, my marriage is good. But what I'm trying to say is, maybe your marriage is not good, but you're saying that, yeah, God, my marriage is not good. Oh, would you just change, Kara? How many times I've been praying? Change her! She's not listening to me. I told this last week, I said, marriage is a covenant, not a contract. It's not a contract. If it's a contract, she would have kicked me out, I would have kicked her out. We both would have kicked each other out and there's no marriage. It's because done in flesh, because contract is performance. But covenant, think about the covenant. A God is a God of what? Covenant. And so when covenant is not worried about a contract, covenant is not based on behavior. Covenant is basically saying, I will love you no matter what. That's the covenant. Covenant is not based on your performance. So I'm, I'm saying, ask, keep saying the bold prayers. Raise your faith to where God is at instead of pulling, your, pulling the word down to where you're at. Doesn't make sense? Amen? Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to the power that works within us. That means there's a power within us that God can do more than exceedingly, more than abundantly, more than we can ask or think. But I'm going to ask. And I'm asking you, are you asking for salvations? Are you asking for God to come and touch this nation?
Are you so busy cleaning your cars, cleaning your garage, cleaning your gardens, and missing the point why you exist? One of the greatest ways to, for the devil to steal your purpose is keep you busy. Being busy is not bad, but the motive why you are busy matters. Why are you busy? Are you busy because you like to be busy? Or are you busy because God is keeping you busy? There's a couple of meteorological prayers. Okay, I'll just use the word meteorological here. But there are a couple of meteorological prayers. James 5.17 talks about Elijah praying in 1 Kings. He says, Elijah was a human being. Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed and heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. What a cool way to pray. God, I want you to not rain today. Don't rain on them today. Okay, no rain. God, I want you to pour rain. Rain comes. Isn't that cool? Can I remind you, you serve the same God that Elijah served. I use the title meteorological prayer. I mean, it's talking about weather. Uh, God, I just don't want you to pray on um, the Ogle's house right now, rain on the Ogle's house right now because, you know, they haven't taken me out for dinner. You know, I'm mean, pretty cool to be in that place. And, and that's, I don't have a lot of time, but when, when Agag sees Elijah come, he goes, you troublemaker. Because Agag recognized that Elijah, it didn't rain in the land because Elijah prayed. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that God answers prayers of his people. Number two is Joshua, in, in the next verse is in Joshua chapter 10 and verse 12. It says, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said uh, in the sight of Israel, sun, stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ejilon. Uh, so the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people have had revenge upon their enemies. Isn't that cool? God, I want to kill a few more people here. Seriously, please. Uh, I know the sun is setting. Please, could, can you hold the sun there? I just want to sort some people out. That's literally what happened. There's no other way to exegete that. That's exactly what happened. I just want to kill a few people, Lord, because I feel in the mood to mask off Zorro. Come on, these are the same prayers as normal people. Prayed these prayers. Isn't that good? I'm just reminding you. And so here we are. But this morning I want to, as I uh, dwell a little bit more and unpack a little bit from another scripture. Because I wanted to say prayer has the power. Only through prayer we can tap into the power of God. Only through prayer we can see God move. Only through prayer God is going to hear us. Only through prayer we can have great marriages. Only through prayer we can find healing. Only through prayer we can find peace. Only through prayer we can have the joy in our families. You can go on 20 dates and take your wife on 20 beautiful restaurants. It ain't going to do a thing. Why? Because God is not in there. Mark chapter 7, verse 24 to 30. 
This is a great scripture passage. It's always puzzled me. Every time I read it, it, it kind of really, who it reminds me of. Well, man, this is a powerful scripture. Mark chapter 7, and unusual too. Mark chapter 7, verse 24 to 30. I'll read it, then I will explain this. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. It's not a Dunlop Tyre or a Pirelli Tyre. Okay, it's a place called Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who heard about him came and fell at his feet, her little girl who, pos who was possessed by an evil spirit. And she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile born in Syrian Phoenicia, Jesus told her, first I should feed the children, my own family, the Jews. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. It's quite a derogative word to use. She replied, that, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home, for the demon has left your daughter. Verse 30, and when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed, and the demon was gone. God didn't save just your heart. You look at the Gospels. I want to, before I jump into this, when Jesus saved people, he saved them. He set them free from sickness and, and oppression from the devil, and they were free. His salvation, a lot of us theologically, we try to divide salvation of the heart, healing. No, I'm not sure. No, 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 no. The full gospel is the healing of the heart and healing of the body and healing of the mind. That is the full gospel. We theologically try to pick it apart. You can pick it apart. God will let you pick it apart because God is comfortable in who He is. He knows who He is. And when you cry out to God, He's going to set you free in here, in here, and in here. That's the God we serve. The Bible doesn't teach us, especially the Gospels. Nowhere does it teach God only gave them salvation, but He chose not to heal them. He healed them. And I'm saying... I want to see healings. As soon as I started praying for healings, ledger happens. As soon as I was saying to the church, you know what God stirred me to say, ask for 40-day prayer. I did that. And then everybody, I thought people would go, ooh, 40-days prayer, that's a long time. Why would you blah, 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 blah. Actually, church, fantastic. Well done. No one said a word. You all prayed. You all fasted. Some people fasted in between meals are here, but that's between God and them. I'm not looking at anybody. Okay? Um, but, um, but, but you see, when you fast, I've been fasting and saying, Lord, and as a church, we're fasting. I'm saying, God, we want not just salvation. We want healings. We want healings. We want to see miracles. Miracle is not God. God is a miracle worker. I don't love God because He performs miracle. I love God because He's God. Now, whether He performs miracle or not, it's entirely up to Him. But I know according to His Word, He's a God who performs miracles. Amen. But I don't follow God for miracles. Do you get that, what I'm saying? 
I didn't marry my wife just to have a few babies. I married my wife because I love her. Babies came along later. Are you with me? Come on, I want, and when I, before I jump in, I want to jump into it now, um, this scripture. So, here is a, just to give a bit of background. So, Jesus leaves, uh, you know, the, 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 the Israel nation. He goes from a, all the Christians, if I can put it, the Christians. He goes into a non-Christian area called Tyre, and he is in a place that not many know, and he didn't want people to know. So, Jesus moved from Galilee. He moved from Galilee into this place called Tyre where it's not known as a Christian community. And not many knew who Jesus was. And, and to give you a bit of a context there too, the Jewish people uh, 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 looked down upon the Canaanites because this lady, the um, Syrophoenician lady, she was um, a, a Canaanite woman in heritage. And the Jewish didn't like the Canaanites because the way in the Old Testament the Canaanites treated the Jewish people. And that's why they had this derogative word called dog. So they called the, uh, the, 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 the people in Tyre, uh, Tyre um, uh, dogs, the Canaanite people dogs, because of the way the Jewish were treated. Now that's a bit of a background there, and that's why Jesus is using the word dog. But I want to get into that a little bit more. But it's about, you see, now we come here about um, uh, this whole conversation between the woman and God. And this woman is not a Christian, and now she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I want you to get home and read this for yourself uh, a bit more. But here, if you look at it, now Jesus calls her a dog. And he wasn't saying, what's up, dog? That's not the dog he was using. What's up, dog? No, no, no. Dog, literally a dog. Now, India, India is a nation of uh, caste system. It's got lots of gods. You pick a god, it's free. You got heaps of gods. You take one god and guess what? Call now on 0800, 800, 800, 800. You will get another god for free. You know? Um, but you see, as a Christian, even though I was born in a Christian family, in a birth certificate, you have to put your religion and we say Christian. And when you say Christian, you're a backward class. Uh, they don't, they, you treat you as untouchable. Especially the Levites, some of you may know, the Levites kind of background is the Brahmins. Brahmins are the high priests. They don't look at touch. If Christians walk, they kind of go like this. You're like, Ooh, you walk, you dirty, filthy animal. And then they walk. And it, it, that's what I grew up in. And uh, when you look at it when you're a kid, you just kind of move on and you go, crazy lady, and you move on. You know? Um, but you see, uh, it's the same thing here as this whole stigma that, hey, you're not non-Jewish, so we call you a dog. Now, see, what, but the interesting part here that I want to pick in this story is, now Jesus calls her a dog, but in the Greek, there's a two different words for dog. Number one is, um, is kuon, which is a derogative word for a dog or a street dog. You know, we call a street dog in our country, our context, we call a street dog a mongrel, right? We call it a dog that doesn't have a house, it's not chipped, doesn't have a tag, right? And um, so we call it a mongrel dog. And a uh, dog that doesn't have a pedigree, you don't want to pay more than $2 for the dog. But Jesus, see the, the Jewish were calling the, the, these people dogs as in the mongrel dog. But Jesus calls her... What in, 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 in this Greek language, Jesus calls, uh, excuse me, kunario, 
Kunarion means a dog, but a pet dog. A pet dog means that, you know, he's by the table. The context, we're trying to put the context and the language here. Do you get that? The context is, is a pet dog. Now, some of you have pet dogs. The dog, you let the dog jump on your bed. Or you may sing when the dog is out. He goes, who let the dogs out? Right? And there's Shannon, don't play the fool. Did you let the dogs out? You know? A dog out. So, so that the pet dog has more privileges than a street dog. But Jesus is calling her, uh, I'll pick the word again. It's, uh, he's calling her, Kunarion means not a stray dog, but a pet dog. And then I love her persistence here. She goes, she realized, this is the thing, she realized that she's not under the covenant. She knew she was a Gentile woman, not under the covenant. I'm not the, and she, she realized that I'm, I'm not the one of the children of Israel uh, to eat at the table. Because what Jesus was saying is, hey, this food is for the children of Israel who sit at the table. I'm not going to give that to you. And what Jesus was trying to do really is to stir and bring her faith to show it to the Jewish people that the gospel is for the Jew and the Gentile. Amen. So, you See, God's miracles are not based on your performance. God's miracles are based on God and His grace over our life. He's a good God. He doesn't withhold. So now He's trying to tease the Jewish people, His disciples, that the salvation healing is for Gentiles. And she says, I know I'm not fit for the good food, but, but all I want the, is the scraps of the table, the crumbs of the table. She knew who Jesus was, that he was a God of covenant. He was Jesus. She knew that he was a God of covenant, and she knew that she was not part of the, uh, under the covenant of the uh, uh, covenant of God, and she knew her place. But she knew the mercy of God too. And so I want to ask you, is our faith so shameless? Is our faith so shameless that even if God's calling you a dog? How dare you call me dog? Don't you know I tithe to you? Don't you know I give you so much money? I work in the church for you, God. And you're calling me a dog? I'm not coming to you anymore. I'll find another church or another God. But she knew her place and she's persistent. She goes, she's got no shame. She goes, guess what, God? I know that I don't deserve it. Come on, I know. But even a dog, a pet dog deserves the crumbs. So I'm asking you, would you bless me with those crumbs? What she was doing, she had an informed faith. She knew who she was talking to and she had persistent faith. She knew what she was crying out for. Why? Because it was her daughter. It was a daughter. I don't care what you call me. You call me dog. You call me monkey. You call me whatever you want to call. All I want is my daughter to be saved. That's persistent faith. And then she had humble faith. Not an arrogant faith. Humble faith. I know my place. I don't deserve this. But you're my God. I want just the crumbs. Just the crumbs. All I ask is the crumbs. She had informed faith. She knew who she was talking to. 
Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know that your father is a giver of good gifts? And is your faith persistent? God, I prayed for three days. You have not answered. I keep on asking you. I keep on asking. I have not seen a miracle. I've not seen healing, but I don't care. Because you teach me, ask. I keep on asking you. I have not seen a miracle, but I keep on asking you. I keep on hosting meetings for miracles, but I keep on asking you. Because God, one day when you move, hallelujah. So in the meantime, I'm going to come to you and keep knocking on that door. Keep knocking on that door. Keep knocking on that door. Heal Ledger. Heal Jan. Heal Kay. Heal Brock. Heal Ledger. Heal Kay. Heal Brock. Heal Kay. Heal Ledger. Heal Brock. Heal Jan. Heal Kay. Heal Ledger. Heal why? I am persistent. I am persistent. I am persistent. I only ask like this shamelessly because you are my father. Oh, I served for a few years. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because we are not persistent. With my own leg, I want to share very quickly about my own leg. Some of you know the whole the demonic side of my leg. One day I, I want to, God stirring me. I haven't actually in this church, I've been here seven and a half years. I've never shared the full story about my leg. But I will one day soon. God is stirring me to do that. But I want to talk about my leg. I tell you, uh, the doctors were saying amputate the leg. It's not good. Once the ulcer goes bad and touches the bone, bone marrow, cancer, the, the report is you will die. But I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm not asking a specialist. I'm asking you, my Savior. And I'm not going to stop going to church. I will go to church. I will go. That is my adamant faith. I will go to church. And the worship leader, they were all kangaroos, you know, not really Australians, but Indians. But Indians have joy. If you go to Indian church, Indians are not really expressive people. They're not, not like, ah, I'm the odd one out. They're very polite. They keep it to them. Look at Keithy, very polite, very calm, you know. Um, and that's, these are nice people, you know. That's why India kicked me out. And... Uh, but I kept going. And the, the worship pastor said, you know, why don't we jump and praise God? And I'm jumping on this one left leg, the leg that was sore and painful. And I said, God, as I worship you, even though I'm even more undignified than this, I will worship you. Even though it hurts, I will worship you. I'll keep worshiping. But the humility is this. I'm not greasing up to God. I'm saying, God, you are God. I'm not. You are God, so you heal it. You heal it, you get the glory. I don't get the glory. Would you perform your miracle? But God has a way to delay things. 
He does delay it, but why? Because you go, oh my gosh. Yes, my faith was not absence of fear. I had fear, but I had to rise my faith above my fear. And I said, God, heal me. And I went to church. I asked everybody to pray. I was hungry for healing. Pam, pray. You know, Dan, pray. Draw, pray. Bruce, pray. Chohan, pray. My monkey, pray. My pet dog, pray. Pray for me. Why? I am persistent. I want my healing. I want my healing. You have no idea how much I've prayed for Brock, and I continue to pray. As I pray, I've done my research. So much research that I've started to freak out. I'm going, whoa, whoa, back off. Too much information. Eve, 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 Adam, Adam, Adam. Too much knowledge is not good. You know, where you cover yourself and hide from God. You don't want that. So much study on liver. My goodness, I could be a liverologist. That's not the word. I just made it up. Okay, but I'm saying, what? I don't want the devil to come. I will ask you all to pray. I will bombard you to pray for my family. Why? You're my family. I'm not going to hide from my sickness. Even if I have prostate cancer, some cancer that is private cancer, I'll ask you. Because no cancer belongs to God. Why? I am unashamed. I am desperate. You call me a dog, I don't care. Give me a little bit. I don't care what you call me. All I want is healing. All I want for Christmas is my healing. Not some two silly songs. What are we praying about? What's happening in Wuhan? You know, what happened in China? We thought, oh, that's in China. COVID at home. When COVID at home, we were like, oh. One COVID, we shut the nation down. Now there are 10,000 COVIDs, we keep carrying on. Rupert's loving that part. You think Ukraine, uh, Russia, Ukraine, oh, that's, like, like, that's in Europe. It ain't going to affect me. <laughs> but when you go to the petrol station, it's affecting you. Are you with me? You know, Cara just celebrated a birthday. I could have given her a full tank of petrol. That's a birthday gift. Because <laughs> seriously, it's like 150 to, depends on your car. Some cars, probably $400. Petrol, that's your week wages for a part-time worker. Please don't be deceived. Oh, that's just Tony and King. You know? They live like over that. They live like literally in Mount Roskill area. That's like, whoa, I live in St. John's. You know? It's like, if one part of the body suffers, the entire body suffers. I don't care what Jesus calls me. What's up, dog? I'm like, yeah. You know? I don't care what he calls, but I'm going to call out for that miracle. That miracle. As I close, 
I want to read this to you. No one's firmer believer in the power of prayer than the devil. Not that he practices it, but he suffers from it. Guy H. King. Well, he said it. But no one's firmer believer in the power of prayer than the devil. That's why the devil is scared. It's funny in that you can earn $250,000 per annum, but that can't buy you peace. It can buy you happiness, but can't buy you peace. Not that he practices it, but he suffers from it. So these are my three points. When you ask God, are you asking from a place of intimacy? Is it an intimate faith? When you ask God, is it from a place of persistent faith? And when you ask God, is that from a place of humble faith? Paul said it. For me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. God, God, if you heal me, you get the glory. If you don't heal me, you still get the glory.